Eric Crocker of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast is with me today to help break down a preview of the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl happening in Mobile, Alabama, starting today. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to this episode of the Locked On Bucks Podcast, a bonus episode coming to you live from Mobile, Alabama at the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl. I'm David Harrison, your host for this episode on Twitter at dharrison82. Find the show at Locked On Bucks and find my co-host James Yarko at jyarko underscore bucks. Of course, he is not here for this episode, but we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast, your team every day without further ado let's bring in eric crocker host of the locked on nfl draft podcast who's going to help me break down this year's 2022 reese's senior bowl and we are joined now by eric crocker at eric underscore crocker on twitter if you don't already have uh, or if you don't already follow him throw him a follow whether you're a 49ers fan or an nfl draft fan or a fan of your team in need of some nfl draft advice eric one of the hosts of the locked on nfl draft podcast with ryan tracy here at the network, and then one of the hosts as well of the Locked on 49ers podcast. Eric, appreciate you joining me. Um, we're both in Mobile here, and my or my viewers might be a little confused because we're both in Mobile, but we have very different backgrounds. Um, basically, I didn't want to. I didn't want to Chris Collinsworth and, and Al Michaels <laughs> into the same screen. So this yeah. is how we're going to do this, even though we're literally about 20 feet away from each other. Yeah. Eric, first and <laughs> foremost, how excited are you for this year's Senior Bowl? As it continues to grow, I think that that Jim Nagy and, and the entire staff here uh, pull off a great event every single year. How excited are you for this year's iteration of the Senior Bowl, and how important is it, especially to the lesser known guys? Yeah, man. Well, first, first and foremost, man, I appreciate you having me on. You know, being able to talk about some of the draft proce- prospects and everything like that. But yeah, as it pertains to one, I think, like you say, got to give a lot of credit to Jim Nagy and what what he has done to this event. He's made it special, and I think this might be the most special year when it comes to the quarterbacks that are here. They're going to get a lot of the pub. They're going to get a lot of the hype. Uh, you know, you have Hal here, you know, Sam Howe out of UNC, Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett. Uh, I mean, the Malik Willis, the list goes on and on with just kind of zappy. All these guys that are high-profile guys, especially for a class where, you know, who is the guy? Who is QB1? I think it's going to take some of these senior bowl practices trying to figure that out. So I think coming into it, a lot of terrific prospects at the senior bowl, but that quarterback position, that's going to be one that everybody's tuned into. Absolutely. And and let's start there. I mean, I think arguably the best quarterback class to ever enter into mobile in the beginning of the draft process. Now, granted how it turns out, and obviously there are some really good quarterbacks playing in the NFL that have come through here uh, that would blow all these guys out the water if they were to return this weekend and show Josh Allen. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, but let's let's look at the top guy, right? I think I think most people, and I don't again, like you said, there's not really a consensus, but I think most people would probably say the number one guy in this group coming into this week is 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 Kyle Pickett. Uh, Twitter was a buzz for about two to three hours. Most of it was poking fun, and I think most people don't take it maybe as seriously. But there are some people who take this hand size thing extremely serious. You played in the NFL. You have that pedigree. You have that experience. So give the viewers out there who don't have NFL experience, which is most of us, right? How big of a deal is that really? Is that more just kind of media fodder or is that a is that a serious concern? So I poked fun at a cornerback, right? Roger McCrary has some of the smallest hands I've ever seen, like eight-inch hands uh, for a cornerback. But for him, I, I, you know, I don't think it matters. For a quarterback, a little different. You know, those mm-hmm. are guys who have to play 
in different weathers. And if you are a cold weather team, you know, being able to grip a football in that type of weather and let it rip and it spin. And we see a guy like Josh Allen playing up in Buffalo and how, you know, it doesn't matter what type of weather he's in, his big hands, uh, the way he's able to control the ball in that type of weather. I think it matters a lot for those guys. Now, as it pertains to Kenny Pickett, and, you know, we talked about Jim Nagy and what he's done with the senior bowl. He also comes to his senior bowl guy's defense. And, you know, he talked about how, hey, Kenny Pickett, he's been playing in Pittsburgh. You know, it's not California sunshine uh, up that way. It's not, you know, Tampa Bay weather. So if small hand size was something that was going to affect him, we'd see that. He was extremely efficient at Pittsburgh. Hand size didn't seem to be an issue. He does wear gloves. So I don't mm -hmm. know if that has something to do with him being able to grip the football a little bit more, but if if that's something that's going to help him and you know be able to you know to where it's not not it's not an issue with him as far as the hand size go, then um, however he's getting it done, he's getting it done. But he played in cold weather, and typically that's where you'd have the most issues being able to right. uh, throw the football with small Absolutely. hands. Yeah. And I mean, anybody who detracts for, for the whole glove situation, I mean, Teddy two gloves, right? Teddy Bridgewater was well on his way to being a franchise quarterback in Minnesota before suffering that horrendous leg injury that, that essentially derailed his entire upward trajectory. Um, I think something to point out to Eric, I mean, as we look through the senior bowl practices on Tuesday or on Wednesday, rather we're expecting rain, right? And hopefully not enough rain that they have to move indoors and we don't get to watch uh, the duration of practice, but enough rain, maybe it makes the ball a little bit slick and you get to see Pickett throw in some inclement weather. It's not blizzards of upstate New York or anything like that, but Buffalo's not looking for a quarterback anyway. So your team, you know, whoever it is out there, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Washington football team, whoever it is, you're not looking necessarily for a quarterback uh, to, to throw in those types of, of situations. But not every team looking for a quarterback here. But if there is a guy in this group at the Senior Bowl that can make the most money this week, who do you think that is? You know, I, I think it is Kenny Pickett. And my reasoning for that is, you know, how high can he go? There are a lot of quarterback needy teams in the top 10. And right now, we're not sure that there's a quarterback that has separated himself to be that guy that's yeah. chosen there. But if Kenny Pickett comes here and he blows everybody away, I think he measured in, you know, pretty solid uh, frame, has nice height. Uh, again, the, the hand size, that might be something that worries teams, but, you know, whatever, he has good, good enough athleticism, they know he could throw. So if he comes here and he lights it up and bumps his stock, like, like Baker Mayfield did, right? Baker Mayfield, when that draft process started that year, he wasn't the first overall guy. I mean, there were people that had him going late day two. Next thing you know, he goes to the senior bowl. Everybody falls in love with him, the competitor that he is and what it looks like in drills. He goes number one overall. Same with Josh Allen. He goes there. He rips it. He ends up going number seven, even though he had some accuracy issues and stuff coming out. So a guy like Kenny Pickett, you talk about the most money to be made. Can he bump himself into that top 10 and potentially even top five? Nobody thinks there's that quarterback in this class, but I think they were saying the same thing about Baker Mayfield. So Kenny Pickett, I think he has an opportunity here to really take control of this whole thing and maybe make the most money in this class. That's that's a really good way to look at it, actually. And that's not what I expected, I'll be honest with you. But that's, I mean, but it's very intuitive. It's very smart. And I think you're 100% accurate. And again, Going back to the hand size thing, if he comes out here and rips it all week, like like you were just talking about, nobody's gonna care what his hand side. You know, now, can he get the ball where it needs to go. Real quick to kind of you know give a, give a I guess quote unquote sleeper. You do have Zappy coming here from a small school, yeah. and you know people haven't seen him on the big stage, but he's a guy that broke the record for most passing yards in the season at the FBS level. So you know if Zappy could come in here, 
throw it around and he looked good and he looked like the guy, you know, kind of spry mobile type guy and maybe go from a guy who potentially is a day three guy, but now all of a sudden bumps himself up to, you know, Hey, maybe a second round, maybe a team that's late first round, like, you know, Tampa Bay that's going to want a young quarterback. Mm -hmm. Then he potentially can make himself a lot of money too. Maybe not as much as a guy like Kenny Pickett, but definitely a huge pay jump. Yeah, absolutely. Moving from the, you know, from the teens to the top 10 or the top five even would definitely be uh, quite a move for a guy like Kenny Pickett and then other guys here with many, many things to earn. Um, let's let's move a little bit to the trenches, Eric, and and talk about some of these defensive linemen. Obviously, you know, the best the best way to get at a quarterback in the NFL is to get there with a the pass rush. And sometimes the organic uh, front four or front, front three, depending on how your your scheme is designed to operate, is, is the way to do that. Who are your favorite guys on the defensive side of the trenches uh, coming into this week? Oh, definitely Majay Sanders. I mean, that's like the one and only guy. I'm, I mean, I don't want to say one and only, but that, that's the one guy <laughs> yeah. that I have really zoned in on. You know, Cincinnati, they have a ton of prospects here at the Senior Bowl, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And there's a lot of guys that can play some good football up there for the Bearcats, leading them to a, a postseason appearance, which is still mm -hmm. kind of wild, right? Yeah. Uh, but Majay Sanders, coming off of that edge, you know, pass rushers, they, they are a high commodity. And he's a longer, rangier type guy. Uh, I mean, just watching him go up against guys from Georgia and his relentlessness, uh, giving guys moves. You know, he wasn't a guy who just, oh, I'm just going to try to bull rush you and get stuck. I mean, he right. was bull rushing. He was spinning. He was using long arms, stabs, uh, all those things to try to get to the quarterback. And he was extremely uh, active. A guy who was uh, did a terrific job of getting pressure throughout that game. So uh, that's somebody who I want to see really kind of solidify him as, hey, I'm a first round guy or maybe a top half of the first round draft because, you know, we know just like quarterbacks, pass rushers can get bumped up uh, the draft boards as well. So Maje Sanders, that's the one guy I'm really zoned in on to see how does he compete on this level in isolated situation, one-on-ones and get to really see him work. More coming from my conversation with Eric Crocker, host of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, talking about the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where you, the next fired head coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back now with more of my conversation with Eric Crocker, one of the hosts of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Thank you again for making this podcast your first listen every single day. So, Eric, let's stay on the defensive side of the ball, but now let's get into the secondary, right? So if you can't get home with the pass rush, the best thing you can have is a really good secondary, maybe an all-pro caliber corner like Jalen Ramsey or a top safety uh, in the National Football League if you can find one, and especially if you can find one in the NFL draft, not have to spend trade cap or draft capital to trade for one or break the bank to sign one. Who are some of the DBs that you're looking out for in Mobile this week? Oh, man, there, there are some good guys, right? One that I'm really intrigued to see, Gregory Jr., cornerback out of OBU. And I know everybody's like, OBU, like what the heck is that? Wachita Baptist College It's mm -hmm. a Division II school. Uh, I'm very aware of who they are because I too played against o o Wachita Baptist when I was at University of Arkansas Monticello. So I'm like, OBU, is this is a guy coming from Division II here? One collegiate interception for him, which happened to be against my alma mater, UAM. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm curious to see why is he here? 
-hmm. know, what, what, did, what did he do? What does it look like? I couldn't find any film on him. You know, how does he uh, shape up with the talent that, that is here? You know, does he stand out? Is it too much for him? Some speed. There are going to be some tremendous receivers here at this senior bowl. You know, what does he look like going, to get, going up against those guys? And, you know, one thing I've always said, especially for guys from smaller schools, it's, it's typically the trenches where you see the biggest difference. The guys on the outside, man, if you can play, you can play. So I'm right. curious to see how he uh, really matches up with uh, the talent that's going to be here on the outside at the receiver position. Aside from that, uh, Roger McCrary, mm -hmm. he's a guy who I think has really good film. He challenges guys, but he measured in a little slight. And I wonder if that's going to yeah. nick him. And not only slight. Uh, I'm not the biggest person on, oh, your arm's got to be 33-inch long or 32-inch arm length, you know, and have that threshold. But he measured in some of the shortest arms I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like 28-inch yeah. arms or something like that, 29. I'm like, wow, that's extremely short, being under 30 inches. So uh, that's going to be intriguing. I know some people are going to knock him for that. Uh, he also had, like, extremely small hands. That has nothing to do with anything, but it was just intriguing to, that he has such baby hands. And I'm hearing that he might not be the fastest of guys, which right. I, I didn't see that on film. I thought he yeah. ran with guys very well against Alabama. He had all kinds of vertically pushing routes uh, that he had to cover, especially slot fades. Those are difficult. He covered mm -hmm. those like white on rice. I thought he did a terrific job up there. So they're saying he can't run. And if that's the case, you're talking about a guy who's 5'11", 186 pounds, doesn't have the arm length. Those things are going to hurt him. Can he overcome some of those and maybe quiet the noise on that? By having a terrific senior ball week, I'm going to be interested yeah. to see that. That'd be interesting. I mean, small, short, and slow is not a, a not a good way to make it in the National Football League. Uh, and but he'll have a chance to do that. And and that actually brings us to, I mean, the the perhaps the most exciting drill right during any practice or, or training camp or combine or whatever. It's one on ones, right? You want to see the receivers right. go up against the DBs. You want to see the quarterbacks throw the ball, put it in the right place, and see some amazing uh, catches. I remember one of my favorite catches. Uh, of, of last year's senior bowl was actually Michigan wide receiver Nico Collins, who ended up with the Houston Texans going up, just climbing the ladder. I mean, perfect. I, if you, you know, we didn't have the sports science guys out here, but if you pause uh, the and freeze frame where the ball was at its highest possible point for Nico to go up and get it, that's exactly where he went up and grabbed it and came down, got two feet in the end zone. You all want to, we all want to see plays like that, but you're, you're an NFL DB. You, you've done that. You've been in this business. One-on-ones are not set up for you. They're set up for the quarterback. They're set up for the wide receiver. So as a DB, you can still win, right? I've been I've been told you can still win a rep, but the receiver can still catch the ball. What is it that you're looking for from a DB to quote unquote win a rep, even if say the wide receiver comes down with the football? Man, there are a few things I'm looking for, and and really it starts with how is he competing? Yeah, you're at a disadvantage, uh, dis disadvantageous situation in one on ones when you're the cornerback. The quarterback has all day to just pick and choose where he wants to throw the ball. The receiver runs all type of double moves, triple moves, quadruple moves just to try to get open. But my biggest thing is how do you compete? That's the first thing I'm looking for. And then once I identify how you're competing, you know, what's your technique like? You know, you, you go through uh, individual drills, EDDs uh, during the senior ball. Maybe you're doing some things that are new to you. How do you carry those things over to one-on-ones and work and work on those things mm -hmm. and are you know how quick do you take to the coaching and some of the new techniques that they're asking you to do so those will be things that i'm looking forward to seeing from the cornerbacks and one-on-ones and then obviously just who makes plays because yeah it's not an ideal situation to be out there playing one-on-ones and it's, it's set up for the receivers to win but right. who cares go make a play yep. and who can <laughs> do that so that that's something that i'm going to be definitely intrigued with seeing
Yep, and who, honestly, who bothers the receivers the most? Does, mm-hmm. does somebody make a receiver want to punch him, throw the football at him? <laughs> you know, those type of things. Yeah. You know, I, I like to see that scrappiness from the cornerbacks. Yeah, be that nuisance. And I mean, and, and truth be told, I mean, when a cornerback or, you know, a DB wins a rep, you know, with, with good coverage, gets a PBU or gets an interception, I mean, that stands out a little bit more, I think, because of how much it's set up for the offense to win. And let's flip over to that, Eric. Let's flip over to wide receivers. I feel like every year we talk about how deep the wide receiver class is in the NFL draft, at least for the last you know three or four years. It's It's been a very deep group uh, to, to enter the NFL. And really, the, the mantra has almost become you can find a receiver pretty much anywhere. If you need a receiver, you can go get one uh, during the offseason in, in one way, shape, or form. But who are the receivers you think that are kind of leading this senior bowl class uh, this year from, from this group? Listen, I, I don't even know if this guy is leading this group, but I know he's a guy that I will be zoned in on watching. Really, there's a couple guys for sure. One who I'm very intrigued by, Christian Watson, mm-hmm. receiver out of North Dakota State. You know, he's a guy who, while watching the uh, 49ers third overall pick, Trey Lance, and, you know, obviously I covered the 49ers, uh, he was a guy that consistently jumped out over and over and over. I'm like, man, who is this guy, number one? All he does is make plays. All he does is outrun guys. And yeah. then you're hearing, oh, man, he's potentially a 4-3 type guy. Now, does he look 4-3 because he's playing against FCS guys? Or does he really have that type of speed? Well, this weekend we're going to find out. But yeah. one thing that we do know and that we have found out, he measures in at six foot four, 211 pounds. And if he runs as fast as they say, I mean, this is a guy that has all the tools to be someone who's intriguing to a lot of prospects. And it's all going to come down to how does he compete? What does he look like? With his breaks, is he a stiff, long leg guy? I know he's a playmaker. I saw mm-hmm. how North Dakota State utilized him. I saw the plays that he was able to make for Trey Lance. Now it's his time to really put on display. Like, no, you know, I can stand alone and be that guy and eat up these defensive backs at the Senior Bowl. So, how does he get off the press? Uh, you know, how's his footwork? Can he drop his hips? Can he get in and out of his breaks? Those are things I'm going to be watching him during his individual drills. You know, just seeing. What does it look like? Does he start to look clumsy? Is he a little too much high cut or long legged? Uh, those are things I'll be looking to really identify uh, from Christian Watson at North Coast State. Then another guy, Alec Pierce, a receiver, mm-hmm. the receiver out of Cincinnati. You know, he was a guy that was, you know, he kind of bailed out his quarterback a ton. Desmond Ritter, hey, throw it up. I'm going to go make a play. And he beat guys every which way. Not mm-hmm. the fastest of guys. And I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to compare him to this guy just because he's white. But, you know, you see Cooper Cup out there. And how he's uh, winning, right? Maybe not the fastest guy, but he's found his niche playing in the slot, being able to find spaces, get open, but make those tough catches when need yeah. be. And uh, Cooper Cup, obviously, he had a historically great season. Not saying uh, Alec Pierce is going to be that, but how does he win? Can he win? Can he move around? Can he play in multiple uh, spots? That's going to be yeah. something that I'm interested to see. And if so, maybe he potentially can be that big slot guy like we see with uh, Cooper Cup, a guy who I think a lot of people don't know, but he's six foot two. Get right. that got that height, Alec Pierce. I think he has that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Alec Pierce is, is a guy that I've identified uh, as well. And one more segment coming up with my com- in my conversation with Eric Crocker, one of the hosts again of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. And we're going to do it thanks to Rock Auto, who is back to remind you that with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're ever going to need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions about your vehicle and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. 
and they have everything you could ever need brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet go to rockauto.com right now see all of the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com one more segment now to wrap up my conversation with eric crocker one of the hosts of the locked on nfl draft podcast here in mobile alabama covering the 2022 reese's senior bowl so running backs just in general uh, you know, some some good names here. James Cook, obviously, from Georgia going into the NFL. You can't argue there's talent there. What do you think about the running back group? Oh, tremendous. I mean, and, and also, you know, Robinson out of Alabama. But, you know, Cook, you know, obviously the brother of Dalvin Cook. I'm pretty sure most people know that by now. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of – he had this kind of limited role at Georgia. But he was their most explosive back, whether it was in the passing game, whether it was in the running game. When they did big plays, he ripped off big plays. He led the team – and yards per carry, uh, but he didn't have a high volume of touches. I did a terrific job, you know, uh, contributing in the passing game as well. We know that teams are looking for guys who can be three down backs or at least change the pace type backs and, and can do some things to be versatile in the passing game. And I think Cook, he's a guy that you're going to want to see him put that on display. How does he look in one-on-ones? How does he look running routes against the linebackers, against safeties? Is he able to beat those guys like I saw him do at times in college football? That's going to be something that I'm looking forward to. You know, it's a tough thing for running backs because you know the, these practices aren't like overly aggressive and, and yeah. from what I've seen. Uh, so he might not be able to really prove what he can do until game time. I think he's that type of back, but he's someone who can definitely help his draft stock a lot this week. Absolutely. Eric Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter, host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, host of the Locked On 49ers podcast with Ryan Tracy and Brian Peacock, respectively. Uh, but Eric, there's already been some evaluation going on. So we have our first practices on Tuesday as this episode is airing. We'll be getting ready for that first practice, that first chance to really see these guys. But there's already been evaluations happening here in Mobile over the weekend. The HBCU Combine hosted yeah. here in Mobile, Alabama. You were on hand for that. Can you talk about that? For one, the significance of the first ever uh, HBCU Combine and then what your takeaways are from that group as well. Oh, man. So there were two guys that really jumped out to me. I, I got to pull up one guy because I just keep forgetting his name. Let's see if I have it up. And I do. All right. So Shamar Bridges, a receiver out of Fort Valley State. I thought he was twitched up. I thought he had confident hands. I thought he had good feet. Uh, and I also made note that every rep, he goes 100. All right. He goes 100% all out. And to me, that's big. You know, how do you separate yourself? You know, these guys at the HBCU Combine, you know, I asked him, man, how long did you have to prepare for this? And most of the guys were like, man, I had about two, two and a half weeks, three weeks, you know, mm-hmm. so that's not much time. Right. And it's a little sped up and they didn't really get a good chance to get in and, and prepare as much, especially from a testing standpoint. So a lot of it was, you know, I just wanted to see what they look like on the field and how they move. And another guy that really jumped out to me, cornerback out of Virginia State, Will Adams, uh, you know, he showed up big time in person was a guy. He looked six, three, 200 pounds. He actually measured in at six, one and a half, uh, 186 pounds. I was surprised to see him as slight because in person he looked, he liked he was filled out well. And actually I spoke with his coach. His coach was like, yeah, I was surprised that he weighed in at 186 as well. He walks around Virginia state at 192 to 195. So mm-hmm. he's definitely a guy who could fill out a little more, but he blew it away, especially with the testing. I, again, the, the testing was something where, I wasn't sure how well some of these guys were going to test because they haven't had a whole lot of time to prepare. 
but right. jumped over 40 inches, broad jump over 10, uh, 10 three, uh, you know, shuttle or, uh, the L drill was 6.8 tremendous change of direction and in drills fluid in and out of his brakes. Uh, didn't look like he was fighting any of his movement movements. And you could just see how explosive he was. The one area where he kind of lacked was his 40 time four, five, mm. seven, uh, maybe not as ideal, but again, yeah. I, I believe just seeing what type of athlete he is. I think, you know, if he had an opportunity to go run at the combine, I think he's a four, four guy. Matter of fact, one thing that I had to take into consideration, it was extremely cold that day, 30 degrees <sighs> out there. And, yeah. you know, the defensive backs were the last guys to work out mm -hmm. in the entire day. So, you know, mm -hmm. they kind of did a whole lot of standing around, whole lot of trying to stay warm. You see guys like, oh, man, let me try to get some back pedals in. And, you know, they're waiting an hour before right. it was their time to hit the field. So, uh, and test. So I think, you know, there's an opportunity for him to test even better on a 40-yard dash, especially if he had a more controlled environment from weather uh, conditions like Indianapolis. I think Will Adams, I think that's someone who start popping up on some people's radars. Absolutely. So great, great turnout from there. And I know Ross Jackson, host of the Locked on Saints podcast, uh, was also on hand for that. Had a lot of great things to say as well. Again, Eric, appreciate you joining me here on the podcast today. Uh, I'm looking forward to the week. And, you know, uh, again, I'll, I'll come in, in here in a minute. I'll go 20 feet and tell you thank you in person. <laughs> looking forward to watching these guys in the Senior Bowl with you this week. Thank you for joining me. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys. Once again, a big shout out to Eric Crocker. Again, one of the hosts of the Locked on 49ers podcast and one of the hosts of the Locked on NFL Draft podcast right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Harrison. This has been the Locked on Bucks podcast. You can find the show at Locked on Bucks on Twitter. Find me at dharrison82, my co-host at jyarko underscore bucks. Stay tuned here to the Locked on Bucks channel. James is going to have all kinds of quarterback, potential quarterback search uh, conversations happening this week as we prepare for the potential retirement of quarterback Tom Brady. I will be coming to you from Mobile, Alabama with 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl information, analysis, and opinions. So come back often, come back and check out everything we've got going down for you. For your second listen of the day, check out the Locks on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and advice on everything you need to make smart wagers from Lee Sterling. Locked on Bets podcast available and free on all platforms, just like this show that you have been watching here. Thank you again for joining me. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, wash your hands, fire the cannons. Thank you for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.